0: universe season 18 episode 8 i died off screen the book i jedi by michael stackpole the year who cares with your hosts jeff and john let's go Hey everybody, welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast. I just bit my tongue, and I'm <laughs> Jeff. And that's that's, that's how you know you're alive. Start every episode biting your tongue, getting a little blood. You'd think I'd just do the take again. I bit my tongue, and i a like kind of interior, ouch. But instead of saying ouch, I just was like, I'll just announce I bit my tongue,
1: and then we'll proceed. And then proceed as usual. <laughs>
0: Times are tough when you bit your tongue, but you have an hour of talking about Star Wars to do. It's true. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, we haven't done this show in a while because I just got back from camping. Yay, camping. And uh, we're not going to do this show for a while because John is about to vacation.
1: Yay. I'm going to go to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. our nation's capital.
0: Yep, where he intends to wash himself.
1: I'll wash myself in the Washington. <laughs>
0: So, uh, so while he's off visiting the many fine sites of Washington D.C., such as a Waffle House and a Fat Burger, man, I would be
1: amazed if there were any of those anywhere near where I am.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there won't be. <laughs> Are you planning to do capital stuff? Are you planning to go out and like visit the Lincoln Memorial or the Reflecting Pool or whatever? Eh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's a little a little kid you have yet to have met that I, I that I oh think- no, I met him. Oh okay so you have met the family kid.
1: Yes, okay. I've met my uh, my little nephew. I'm okay. Going out there my parents moved out mm-hmm. to DC to be with my sister and kid. Okay. Out there. So, uh this is me visiting them now that they have moved in.
0: Okay. So that's what uh, so there's this isn't a, so that means that you could potentially skip out on the tiny bo- child and go off to see America's Heritage.
1: Yeah, I mean, the tiny child would come with. Oh, okay. Is the thing. <laughs> I mean, my sister works for the government so it's entirely possible she'll do you know, like one of the times i went and visited her we just went down to the house of representatives and we're like hey what's up
0: yeah yeah you guys
1: suck <laughs> <laughs> you
0: people are the worst hey hey <laughs> fuck you <laughs> that sounds like a pretty worthwhile way to spend your time there right just try and find any given random asshole from the house of reps and make their life miserable for a day just follow them around <laughs> like hey hey buddy hey hey, hey matt gates where are you going hey hey, hey come here Hey, hey, I oh, just want to talk. I, I want you to come here, but I don't want you to come here because there's a child here. You get what I'm saying, right? You get I mean, You understand. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from children.
1: <laughs> you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I have this, uh, <laughs> this scheme about you walking into the ocean I'd like to discuss.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, good. I'm glad to hear you're about to ha- go have a good time. I, of course, had a great time camping. Everyone's Everyone's thumbs up around here. Except for Star Wars, which we just keep skipping. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes shit happens. Yep, and I'll be... Don't worry, folks, I won't skip that much Star Wars, because I bought that Lego game, so I'll I'll be... Uh... In
1: case you were worried that Jeff was going to be <laughs> starved for Star Wars... I don't
0: be. Now, I'll have plenty of iJedi and, uh, I don't know, running around as various characters doing... Little puzzles and so on with Legos. Little
1: puzzles. Little puzzles.
0: I love how the game. It's me, little puzzles. <laughs> I love how the game starts out with like, oh, you should probably come back and revisit this level once you've unlocked a bunch of characters. Cause, you know, you're running around on the Tantee 4 helping like 3PO and R2 escape. But I'm like, oh, I know so many unlock codes and shit for this game that I already have every class. It's just that they look stupid. They're like, you need a Wookiee for this. And I'm like, great, I've got Holiday Chewbacca. Great. He's... Here, here's Chewbacca
1: in a big dumb robe.
0: <laughs> Uh, well, you're gonna need a you're gonna need a droid for this. Great, here's Do that little one wheel roller droid from the end of Revenge of the Sith, but now he's like dressed as a Christmas light for some reason. No, <laughs> you've never even met him. You haven't watched that movie. No, he's just he looks like a little traffic cone with a wheel. Great, good for him. Yeah, he's a uh, very minor character. Good. Um, Anywho's, so uh, what we have to talk about today is chapters twenty five through twenty eight. Of I, Jedi.
1: Yeah, so for those last, of you who are reading along, we left our heroes. Mm hmm. Or, you know, really just the one hero
0: yeah, that real, we're following. just the one guy, really. Really, it's just sort of the one wife guy.
1: It's <laughs> just the one guy. Uh huh. So, uh, they had just gotten a delivery. Uh, they'd gotten some med supplies as well as a bunch of
0: explosives that Corrin had wanted, and this gave most of the sky or the uh, solo extended family a chance to fuck off planet. Um, oh yeah, they did. They <laughs> fucked off planet hard <laughs> and Han planet. No, but uh, but Han took off to go try and catch Kip Duran. Leia took her kids to go deal with the winter situation. Oh no, Leia left her kids. That was the whole plot. Oh, point. that's right. They're still there. She went off to go deal with her missing third kid on that magic planet where winter's got her hit, yeah got him the hid hidden away. planet where even she doesn't know where it is yes yeah yeah the, the, the one you can only get there the only people who can get there are people who have already been there yeah yeah it's, or it's if a,
1: you have a magic compass that yes yeah shows it, you the way but
0: beware for a pirate curse will befall ye
1: <laughs> oh no i took the gold from this hidden planet where a kid was and now i can't taste apples <laughs> I, I no longer know what apples is <laughs>
0: I mean, it's, I've always found that, I mean, I know it's a major digression and we barely talked about the episode at all, but <laughs> I, I love how they killed Barbosa and then bring him back and then make a big deal about killing him again. I was really hoping that after they killed him in the most recent one, they do another movie and just have him come out again, you know, right down that same set of stairs in that witch's house, just sort of like, and stuff back down. And I'm back. ri I did it again. <laughs> this be me respawn point. <laughs> and I know where apples be spawning. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, so anyway yeah they, they they got some supplies and crap
1: yeah so they got supplies the uh head of the solo family's fucked off mm-hmm. and corin then told everyone that he's like okay i've got a plan mm-hmm. i got a plan and we're gonna take down eggs Arcoon because he doesn't know what apples is and i'm gonna show him i'm gonna show <laughs> him what apples is yeah take a crate of apples
0: so uh, at that point, he just said he had a he had a uh, a masterful plan to destroy Exarcoon. Yeah, and his but-
1: plan, as far as we knew from last episode, was leave Streen in charge of guarding Luke while I go fuck off somewhere.
0: Yes, but now we know what his actual plan was, sort of, because this is a this episode is a wheels within wheels chapter. Uh, because he's he, he, as far as we can tell, at the start of the chapter, his plan is to take that Z ninety hen- five headhunter he just fixed, Mara Jade's headhunter fly over to what he assumes is Exar Kun's temple. I mean, it's very clearly Exar Kun's temple. I mean, yeah, it's got that that dark side of the Force obelisk pyramid thing in it, and a big statue of Exar.
1: Yeah, if if you're like wandering around planet, and you're like, what's this? Oh, jungles and some old native temples, and then a, you know, black obsidian pyramid with a giant statue out front of an evil-looking guy. You know, that might be the place. It might
0: be, but then again, this guy is the king of the dark side from 4,000 years ago who had this whole planet for a long time. That might just be one of his secondary temples that's, you know... he moved. There's a bigger one on the other side of the planet, and we just never checked. <laughs> I thought for sure you
1: were going to say, "Hey, he just got bored of it. Now he lives at the Waffle House." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, obviously, the planet's going to have a Waffle House,
1: uh, and you know, if you've got a Waffle House on planet, that is going to be the center of evil. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's in the Southern Rim. I've got my force smothered and covered in dark side. <laughs>
0: A fight breaks out every... That's how you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Always two there are. A crazy person at the Waffle House and a crazier person at the <laughs> Waffle House.
1: Uh, So Corrin, he shows up... <laughs> he's just apparently going to bomb the shit out of the yeah, temple. Yeah, he shows up at the temple, gets out of the Z-95, and has a crap load of those explosives, and he's like, all right, here we go. I'm just going to set these all up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shove one of these right underneath the statue. And uh, he's mostly spending his time doing that while he is protecting his force presence. Yes. Like, Stream got taught how to not, you know, constantly be reading people's thoughts and shit. Mm -hmm. So he's like, all right, I'm taking that principle and using it to just really tighten in my force and not show anyone. Yeah, his goal is to not make it in my pants. Yeah,
0: he's trying not to make a a spectacle of himself force wise as he stomps around this temple garden. Uh, with a big backpack full of Nergon 14 Exploders. These
1: Nargons! Mm-hmm.
0: Gets them all laid out wherever he wants them, puts one under the base of the statue, and he's like, ah, the the uh, the little hole that this blows will, will ensure that you fall straight down and plunge into the water of your own stupid temple's fountains. Yeah, you, you, you ding-dong. You, you built this in the middle
1: of a lake for some reason, and, uh, all right, there you go.
0: Why wouldn't you? You know, when you got the money and the force power, you build in the middle of a lake. You get full lakefront property. Full mm-hmm. lakefront. But anyway, as he gets to a safe distance away from the temple, you may start to think to yourself, why didn't he just blow this shit up yet? Well, obviously, it's because this is the, tr- the only the first stage of this fiendish trap.
1: Yes. He then drops his cloaking in the forest and is like hey fucker what up
0: <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any force bitches around here and it, within like seconds exar Kun's like ghost form pops up in front of him and is like ah i see you have come to beg for my help but as i promised it will not come as easily
1: he's like no obviously not why do you think <laughs> i would do that i don't
0: want your dumb help look at all these bombs i put all over your stupid buildings
1: i know your weakness you can't affect anything in the real world while you're a little ghost guy. <laughs> and he's like, you're so dumb. You're <laughs> such a dummy.
0: A week ago, that would have been true. But I recently met Vincent Schiavelli in a train station. <laughs> <sighs> weird. Not that weird. That's just that's just a reference to ghost. Like the, the seminal work of ghosts. <laughs> weird. <laughs> most famous of the ghostly works (laughs) of all the ghostly works come on remember that part where uh, where where Swayze gets taught to touch stuff by Vincent Chiavelli in a subway car no you remember come on it's a good movie you remember it I have not seen ghosts
1: since I was like (laughs) seven (laughs) I have no idea what the fuck goes on in Ghosts. at least
0: at least unlike everyone else I'm not getting slapped for my outdated references (laughs) (laughs) hey topical wow mm-hmm. uh, mm. now wait till you hear my long-winded opinion about it <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i don't have one uh so, <laughs> so anyway yeah
1: exar coon shows up and he's just like all right uh so <laughs> you think i can't do stuff in the real world well you're a dummy and he just melts all the detonators on the bombs
0: yeah <laughs> which causes uh <laughs> causes horn to just go oh oops oops and then he gets flung around with the force for a while. Oh yeah. He's getting tossed into rocks and so on, breaking a bunch of bones. He gets fully <laughs> saruman Gandalf fight. Mhm. But he's trying to keep up a brave face the whole time. So he's just like, "Uh, yep. Okay. Uh the, the what it, I'm not even here to kill you. I'm just here because I bought this land from the New Republic and I'm going to build my house here.
1: I just I got I got to serve you an eviction notice. You see, after 4000 years, your property rights have fallen away and
0: Yeah. And he's like, how dare you? And, like, flings him into a bunch of stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to put a TV there right where you are now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, just, God. Just trying to keep it, keep it going. Gets flung around some more. There's a point where uh, Exar Kun, like, shows off by tele- by telekinetically lifting all the bombs and throwing them into the lake. Yeah. And at this point, it looks bleak for our hero. But then we hear a voice ring out from the forest.
1: Well, I mean, there's a shitload that happens before that.
0: Okay, fine. To be fair. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth between them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't want to just skip over the entire chapter and go to the end.
0: <laughs> you don't we got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, that's fine no please please I I will allow you to take
1: the reins. So I mean there's a shitload of stuff cuz we get not only does he get, you know, thrown around and beaten up and he's like all right fine. Mm-hmm. That's not working. All right, time to go at your mental mind.
0: Oh that's right. Yeah, we get all the uh, the, the projections of failures put uh, and uh, and horrors put into his brain.
1: Yeah, so he has to see like projections of uh, Mirax showing up and be like, hey, you you let me die alone. <laughs> like, I'm going to die right now yeah, because ex- being a Jedi was more important to you than I was.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's funny because that's a bad tact to take. Like, you could just be like, no, I know she's not dead. I have I have it on good authority and I would tell through the force if she had died. So really, all you needed to have her pop up and say is, hey, you spent two and a half months dicking around in, with Luke Skywalker in these woods instead of just Coming and getting me? What are you doing? I mean, that's more or less what it is. Yeah, it's just funny that they pass it through this whole like lying part. Well, the problem with most of these
1: things is, especially when the person who's getting the whole hallucination is like, "Well, I know this is just a projection that he's putting in my mind, but I can't help but react to it."
0: Yeah, I just find it funny that Exar Exar can't help but gild the lily on this one, where he could have just literally had Mirax pop up and be like, "Dude." What are you, playing fucking Jedis and Sith in the woods? I am in a coma somewhere, you asshole. But instead, she has to be like, and I died because of your negligence, which just gives him the tools to get past it.
1: Well, I mean... It's a bunch of that, and then like his dad disapproving
0: of him. And... Yeah, we get a little bit of uh, yeah. I forget his name, but the dad.
1: And then like he gets to see
0: uh, the lady,
1: a, a his... version of his unborn child.
0: Yes, and his first partner when he joined Rogue Squadron, uh, Lou Jane Forge. Yeah, dead. Where, yeah, she's dead. She got shot with blasters in the face, so she's all messed up when she's talking to him. She's like, she's like, hey, you. Uh... Yeah, because you like to play hero. I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with the dad. The dad pops in and is like, I I can't believe you married Mirax Tarek. His, or or her father hired the assassin that killed me.
1: And then you just went and married her. Were you already in bed with her when this was happening? are you you just soft on it?
0: (laughs) Did you trade the warmth of my body for the warmth of hers? Huh? Did you embrace her body so that you could embrace my cold body? Yeah, just harsh stuff to say. Yeah,
1: just real shitty things. Mm -hmm. And... For his part, at least, he's like, all right, keep it together. Mm-hmm. Don't don't dark side, my dude. And like, in order to keep it together, he just straight punches his hand into the ground and breaks his own bones to be like,
0: nope, keep it together. He's got the strength. And Coon's just like, all right, all right. I see that anger isn't going to do this. We'll go to plan B. Sadness. We'll go to sad times. And, and that shows him his, his not... His uh, not-yet-even-conceived children. Here's what your kid could look like. Yeah. He would love you very much and call you Papa. Mm-hmm. He won't, though, because he'll never exist, because you're going to die. And here's what your kid would look like. Covered in bees. <laughs> covered in bees.
1: <laughs> and here's what your kid would look like at an Arby's. <laughs> no! no!
0: Why would he go to an Arby's? No! No, it's not true! <laughs> I eat only Karelian food and that shit nasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah the
1: the entire physical and mental torture of uh cornhorn going on in this chapter is <laughs> just ridiculous because mm-hmm. eventually like again he gets to a point where he's like all right i, I am, know this
0: is all fake but i am
1: he gets to a point where he's like all right i'm gonna break i'm I'm like on the edge of just giving up, and that's
0: when he hears the voice. Yeah, who's just like, "Hey, I—I I heard there was a guy here I needed to rescue, even though he's a piece of crap." <laughs> hey, uh, is this what is this the best you got, huh,
1: Exarcude? <laughs> some uh, some ghosts right. of babies that don't exist. What a piece of shit you yeah, are. Yeah, she has
0: some trash talk because it's Mara Jade. Mara Jade making her triumphant return to the return to the book. Uh, she comes walking up, and her plan to to uh, verbally castigate. Exar Kun is to point out that he is a lower class of Sith compared to the one that she's de- ones that she has dealt oh, with. Oh
1: yeah, she's like, "Look, I've known dark lords of the Sith and all of them are way better than you. <laughs> this is you're my fourth and I'm not impressed." <laughs> Look, <laughs> Like, Esard isn't even a dark side user, and she wouldn't give a fuck about you. Yeah,
0: she'd have your cor- your ghost corpse dissected by now. Vader would just consider you a quaint anomaly and just ignore you entirely. And the Emperor, ugh. And, and, the Emperor did what you failed to and killed the Jedi. Yeah. You are a, a little bitch baby. I do. I really love where his retort is like, yes, but he died. And, and, and Horn's like, yeah, dude, you're a ghost. Yeah, dude, so did you. <laughs> You got nothing. You got nothing to stand on on that one. Uh, and then she doesn't even mention the fourth Jedi or Dark Lord of the Sith that she has met, Jorus Bayoff. Yeah, uh, nothing about that. Yeah, it doesn't bring him up at all. Why not? Why not drag even more books into this this uh, literary need, Frankenstein's I monster? Need, I
1: need more books. <laughs> but eventually, Kuhn is like, ah, oh, you you fuckers. And then finally, instead of just drawing out the things that are like uh, horns, worries or fears or whatever. Mm-hmm. He actually goes and probes into his brain and finds just a snippet of uh, a tr- the idea of this is a trap. Yes. And he's like, oh, well, fuck you. Ah, you can't trap me. I'm going to go murder a guy. You fucked up. You left my Streen in charge.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because the big thing he was thinking was he was like, "Uh, don't worry, Mara. It's okay. Uh, Luke's still unconscious, but he's on like a plinth somewhere being guarded by Streen. Yeah. And Coon's like, Streen? That guy's a pushover. He's my Streen. Oh, no. Don't go get Streen. No, (laughs) don't go there and then then off goes the ghost, and Horn's just like, alright, help me up. And, and is like, well, don't we need to radio them for help? Why? Because he's about to wander into a huge trap? No, I think it's gonna be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do love that indeed, she like picks him up and carries him to a headhunter, and eventually they're just like, <laughs> they get their radio <laughs> in, and they're like, call. yeah, we killed him. He's, yeah, done. he's, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, it happened. And it's not even like, oh, we they radio it in, and then next chapter we'll get the details. No. Nope, it's done.
0: No, it's just, just the fucking, d- it's the MASH fatality moment.
1: We spent half this fucking book getting to the point where we finally confront Exar Kun, and then it's just, anyway, he died off screen.
0: <laughs> you know that feeling when you're playing like a cooperative board game or card game? and the bad guy dies, and it's still like four rounds till your turn, and you're like, eh, I don't really care about this. That's how this feels. <laughs> We're like, ooh, I can't wait to see what he's going to do to him. Oh, he's just going to make a quick phone call and ensure that he do- that he's dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know. I get why that climactic moment happened in an old Kevin J. Anderson book from like four years earlier. With There's no need to rehash it, but it still is eminently hilarious. <laughs> it's very funny that you would decide to
1: set fully... Half. half your book yeah on this planet during that book series mm-hmm. and then get to the big climax and go yeah don't worry about it
0: yeah, he did yeah hand wave <laughs> and and uh mara jade's like hey let me help you out of this forest uh and he horns like oh geez. yeah thanks so much uh i thought you and i weren't friends and she's like yeah well you're you're my friend now and and friends get firemen carried out of jungles no matter yeah. how many broken bones they have look
1: i owed you and now I've paid you back. And he's like, damn, if coming out and confronting a Dark Lord of the Sith is what I get mm-hmm. as payback, I will take some blaster bolts for you any day of the week.
0: <laughs> I really wanted to be like, yeah, I also factored in how you fixed my old ship. So there, now now you owe me a favor. In fact, 50 bucks. <laughs> give me, Give me a buck right now. <laughs> give me a dollar. That's where we're at. <laughs> give me one credit. <laughs> one. One. He's like, I don't have credit. I'm on the Jedi planet. Oop. Oh well, looks like somebody's crawling home. Interest is compounding. <laughs> <laughs> Just became two credits. <laughs> God damn it. So uh, that's that's the chapter. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry if you were really hoping to find out what happens to Exar Kun. Read a different book.
1: Yeah, read, read the book. It happens, and <laughs> apparently not this one. <laughs>
0: But now we go back to the temple and get a bunch of catch up with uh, basically everybody from the temple. The last thing we do learn one more thing in this chapter before it closes out as Mara's carrying him to the headhunter to fly him back to safety. She points out that she came back because she held up her end of the bargain and found some stuff out about Mirax.
1: Yeah, she's got some kind of data chip. Yeah, that's like, oh, I've got some information for you mm-hmm. about nonsense that has gone down.
0: Yeah. So, uh, basically, you know, it's not much. She has; she basically has a uh, chip saying that that uh, w- in the last couple of months, Mirax had a hold on some item at a uh, Narshada black market. Now a <laughs> black market. Yes. Um, and that's relevant because that's where the Invids operate, and they are the theoretically the bad guys in this book <laughs> that we will get to hear about how they lose. Probably, <laughs> I would
1: love, love if just both if it's just. Oh, yeah, he finds out where the invids are, but Mirax is somewhere else, and he goes and saves her, and then phones in, and they're like, yep, we took care of yep.
0: it. Hey, Aaron Kraken here. We got him. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Good job. You don't want to hear the details. Those are boring. <laughs> uh, anyway, you've got, I hope you enjoy your wife. Bye. I hope you had a lot of time doing full, detailed reads of people's intent, which seems to be your uh, your constant thing that you're always doing all the time. Well, that's his thing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we also ha- a uh, an emergency back to tank was brought on in the last uh, round of New Republic supplies, and he is totes fucked. He's got burns all over him and broken bones everywhere. Yeah, and- he doesn't even get to be
1: in the diaper tank that no. Luke was in. He is on a horizontal one where he's like, no, they won't even let you float. You have to be like just on your back,
0: full sensory deprivation. He's in the Boba Fett one. Because we've seen like four or five back to tanks over the course of Star Wars history. Mm-hmm. And he's in the Boba Fett one, the one where you have to lie down and sleep.
1: You got to sleep in this tank.
0: Yeah. We, he's not even get, gets to be in the funny Finn one where it's like a bunch of balloon packs all over you. And then you can stomp around with just those on leaking everywhere. Oh. Yeah. Just uh, just this one. The, uh, the the boring lie down in a box one. Yep. Six hour shifts and he hates it. and he, And he's taking forever to kind of come back to his senses. And as he does, a whole bunch of things happen more or less off screen and largely just bringing us up to speed to where we are in the Kevin Anderson trilogy. Well, like for example, unceremoniously Han has dragged Kip back to this planet, but first dragged him to Coruscant where he was going to face uh judgment for blowing up Karita, But then Luke was like, nah, no, I don't no, think. know. I'll,
1: I'll have him face Jedi justice. Yeah, by and which on, I mean we'll make him a night
0: <laughs> is he will face nothing. Yeah. No consequences. I think he's learned his lesson.
1: Look, he's real sorry. <laughs> I mean, God bless. That is, again, one of my favorite bits in this is where it really feels like Stackpole coming after the things in those books. Kinda. Where fucking Cornhorn Horn goes to Luke in this chapter and is like, no, you fucked up. Like, that dude killed billions of people. You can't just be like, yeah, but he's sorry and slap him on the wrist. He needs to face actual punishment.
0: Yeah. We're, I think we're a chapter. Th- this chapter is entirely just sort of catch up with what's going on at the temple. I'm not even how Exar Kun was defeated. That's not part of it. It's just sort of him talking to Mara and him talking to Han and him just hanging out in the back to tank. Not really. It, does he get the Luke conversation in this one? Oh yeah. I thought that was the I, I I or whatever. If we want to do the Luke conversation, it's fine. Yeah. Basically, he go he calls Luke into an into a small room and he's like, "Dude, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm getting out of I'm here. I'm Getting out of here." And it's because. This place is not good for me. It's not good and it's not good for me in particular. And Luke's like, no, wait. Luke really doesn't want him to go. And I, I get it. Luke's you know already had to deal with Gantoris dying, with uh Mara Jade leaving, leaving, leaving Kip doing blowing up an entire star system not, before he came back. It's not going great. No. And so he doesn't want to have more hemorrhaging of the ranks. So he he's like, hey, look. Whatever you're mad about, we can fix it together. You can tell me whatever it is you need to change about the way this, the, this temple works and I will incorporate it into my process. I am just trying to learn how to do this. Yeah. And Corrin's like, nah, dude, that's not good enough Look, and it you, will not work.
1: There is nowhere near the level of, like, discipline and camaraderie. He's like, basically, you go to a training place to get broken down and turned into the mm-hmm. person you need to be. Mm-hmm. And Luke's like, well, I don't want everyone to just be Jedi clones. And he's like, no, you get broken down. You're still the same person, but you get built up as a Jedi version of yourself. Yeah, basically Instead he wants boot camp. Instead of
0: walking around. Yeah, he basically wants boot camp. Yeah. He wants to make a Jedi boot camp where you come here and you spend, you know, six months doing push-ups and running in mud and just doing shit like that and getting broken down to the point where all you can do is follow orders and accept teaching and then start training people in their specialties. And Luke's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I, I, I mean, on the one hand... I get it. I get where I, I get where Luke is coming from as well, because Luke is coming from a position where he's got twelve students, and all of them are like twenty five.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean the thing is, he's even like, "Look, man, I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand. We probably should have been doing something more." But that's even more reason for you to stay here, too, because you could help me with that. And he's He's like, like, uh, "Eh."
0: hire a drill sergeant from the New Republic. You don't need me for that.
1: Yeah, you can get anyone who knows about actual training methods Mm -hmm. to help you with that. Also, I can't stay here with Kip. 100%. Will not. I I cannot be on the same planet as that guy.
0: Like you were saying, that is definitely a dressing down. The funny thing is Stackpole and Anderson are friends. Like, this was a whole thing where he asked permission to write this book to happen at the same time as the Anderson Academy trilogy and, like, has a thank you in the book. And they've just done interviews in the past about how these books are interwoven. They are friends. But this feels like Stackpole not only dressing down Anderson's terrible plot from those, but also calling Star Wars into question. (laughs) I love that he's just like, no, dude, I can't. And Luke is like,
1: oh, but it's fine. You see we went over to Exar Kun's temple. You did what? You
0: took him to Exar Kun's temple? Yeah, you can't you can't kill your your uh, presence of the dark side without facing the dark side directly. So I took him there. He overcame
1: his dark side and look, now he's fine. He's like, no. "No. Honestly, even if I believe you, even if I'm like, yeah, sure, he's just a a regular nice guy now." Yeah. You can't let something like that go without punishment. There is a social
0: contract yeah. that we have that you can't just say, nah, it's fine. Yeah, he goes a little Foucault on everybody right around here We he gives us a whole, like, reason for monarchical punishment. Oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> look, not only did he break the
1: social contract, and we need that in order for people to believe that there is some sort of order in the galaxy, mm-hmm. but also we need that to, like, show that there is
0: some sort of reason not to do things we need deterrence and we also need something to be done for the surviving family members of the billions of people he killed oh and yeah luke tries to go defensive he's like what are you calling him a murderer are you calling me a murderer remember i, I killed- blew up the death star I blew up the death star it had millions of people on it and while i was uh over on the dark side serving under the reborn emperor i killed more people then do you think i should be in prison and <laughs> horn's like no, you destroyed a military target in self-defense and it then, was a
1: military action with a military target. yes,
0: and then later, all of the the uh, reports we've that have been come out about your time as the uh, dark side son of the emperor or whatever show that you consistently made decisions that preserved as much life as possible yeah, uh, so so no, I don't think you do, and also, I think you've spent a lot of time fixing yourself after that. You didn't just have another Jedi show up at court and be like, "This guy should get off scot- free." Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to take him right back to the bad guy who told him to do it.
1: Yeah. And the fact that he, like you were saying, he's like, oh, well, don't you believe in forgiveness? And, you know, shouldn't we try and do what's right for Kip? And he's like, how good do you think it is for the billions of people that lost friends and family to see him wandering around? How good is that for their souls?
0: How are they going to feel when he shows up to rescue them later with a lightsaber you gave him? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, look, it's fine, because, you see, Kip was under Exar Kun's control. No, he wasn't. And that's just straight up a, the, the, the big pull. He's like, no, he wasn't. What are you, what are you, well, yeah, he was. What are you talking about? If he was under Exar Kun's control, Exar Kun, the ghost who's been trying to kill you, possess people to murder you for weeks, then when he succeeded taking over Kip, he, Kip would have just strapped you to the Sun Crusher and flown you into space. Yeah. Or it, just parked it on you.
1: When he made it so that Kip shunted you out of your body he would have just had you murdered because, you see, he has spent the last several weeks while you've been asleep mm-hmm. trying to murder you as hard as he possibly can. If he yeah. was in control of Kip, you would be dead.
0: Yeah, he empowered Kip Duran, but he at no point was yeah. Kip 100% a he, mind thrall.
1: Yeah, he influenced him, yeah. but that's why, you know, Kip didn't go out and just blow up Exar Kun's choice of things. He went and blew up a thing that he was pissed off about yeah did kip
0: now at this point we get the big challenge where where uh, he's like so anyway i'm leaving because i can't be here with that guy and luke's like so i guess you just think i'm an idiot huh you just think i'm a useless pointless dumb idiot and, and corin's like yeah kinda <laughs> yeah well you know <laughs> And it causes this moment where where luke's like oh those are fighting words so he's like okay explain what am i doing wrong big guy <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Horn's like, I don't think you've ever really thought about what Obi-Wan and Yoda were doing. Yeah. And that's the point where he starts questioning Star Wars. <laughs> He's like, I'm pretty sure
1: you were a trap. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they would put you on Tatooine, where Vader was from, with the last goddamn name Skywalker?
0: With the only people he was related to that he was aware of. <laughs> You think he wouldn't check? And also, didn't you apply a dozen times to be in the in the Empire before you joined you, the Rebellion? Yeah,
1: you wanted to go to Imperial Flight School.
0: Yeah. How, do you think
1: the name Skywalker wouldn't eventually make its way to him? <laughs> like, you were... Set up to try and get Vader on planet
0: so Obi-Wan could confront him. You met two people who personally knew and trained Anakin Skywalker and neither one of you told uh, neither one of them told you who he was because they were afraid that if you knew you wouldn't pull the trigger on him.
1: Yeah, they wanted him down, Mm -hmm. put down like the, the rabid dog he was and telling you the truth was not the way to go about it, so yeah, if you look at it, from a certain point of view, they were definitely fucking with you.
0: (laughs) And this kind of breaks Luke a little bit, where he's just like, Jesus, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, Um, he's just like, dude, you
1: see everything in the whole black and white, can be redeemed, can't be redeemed, good and evil,
0: because... Of what happened to you? Mm-hmm. Like, That's because when Luke Luke tries to pull out the dark side carbure, he's like, "You can't." He tries to pull the Yoda. He's like, "You can't leave now, uh, Corin. If you leave now, you'll forsake your training and you'll be closer to the dark side than ever." And and uh, Corin's like, "Dude, you have of all the people, you have the least right to come after me with that shit." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is amazing to me that
1: he's like, "Look, man, <laughs> you uh." You got your ideas on the whole light, dark side, good and bad from your one very weird corner case interaction with Vader, Mm -hmm. who happened to be your father and was able to be redeemed. Let me tell you something, my dude. The dark side? Oh, I've been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The other thing is he was trained entirely by, like, lifer Jedi's. He was trained by Obi-Wan and Yoda, who are both, like, they were Jedi their whole lives. They have nothing in their brains but Jedi doctrine. And Corrin, on the other hand, is 40-something and has spent his whole life like a cop. So he's he's like, look, I have lived at the edge of the dark side my entire life. And unlike you, Mr. Big Training Jedi Master, I've never crossed the line. He's like, yeah, I go to a domestic disturbance and see...
1: Someone beaten to within an inch of their life with crying toddlers around them while their abusive husband is in the other room snoring. And did I want to go in there and absolutely just beat the Christ out of that guy? Yes, I didn't, though. And you know what? Someone offered me a million credits to walk away from a spice deal that Mm -hmm. I busted, and I
0: didn't. And then when I arrested the guy who killed my father, who, by the way, cameo alert, Bosk. Bosk murdered my dad. (laughs) I guess we had to hear about Bosk succeeding at anything at least once in his career. Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) He's like, yeah, I could have, when I got him, just brought in a dead body and been like, yeah, he resisted arrest. And no one would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to even bat an eye at that. Yeah. I could have had revenge. For my dad, I could have walked him into the Public police Square. station, yeah, shot him in the head, and thousands of witnesses would have just gone, yeah dude he was uh he was trying to get away,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so which uh...
1: mostly just means to me, oh, so you do have a corrupt system then. <laughs> You could have just gotten away with murder, is what you are saying, because the Corex system is broken.
0: Yes, yeah, the Corellia. The I mean, it's fucking Corellia. The the uh, up until we actually saw Corellia in in uh, Solo, a Star Wars story or whatever, uh, the books consistently painted Corellia as basically like space New York, yeah, or space Chicago, where like yeah, there's gleaming towers and so on, but everything is crime riddled all the time.
1: Yeah. So and it. I mean, he doesn't even bring up the fact that he's like, plus, I had a Dark Lord of the Sith that's 4,000 years old yeah, didn't come twice up. try to break me and did not.
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that at a certain point, this just turns into bragging because he could just be like, Luke, I no. I mean, he didn't bring it up. He was just yeah. like, yeah, look, I've been
1: on the edge of the dark side forever, and maybe it makes me worse for not having crossed the line cuz I didn't fall and get redeemed cuz that's your big boner thing yeah. is
0: falling and redeeming but uh don't fucking call me a coward. Yeah. But uh, he's like but look, I don't want you I know why you want me to stay so bad is because you really you don't want your record to look like a big fail. It's not. You lost about 20% of your students and the others I just watched them kill a, a dark lord of the Sith that without you. They did that. You made you had 12 people. You made about nine Jedi. Great job. <laughs> look, man, it's fine. I get that you got sad dick because Mara didn't stay. Yeah. But you got to get over it. I mean, so you'll marry her in another book that I'm sure I will weirdly intrude in a third book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, at that point, he realizes that he he's like, oh, man, this dude's been real sad. And I am just beating up on him on this at this point. Yeah. So he's like, OK, OK, look. I get it. No, just because you're a Jedi master, no one said you would be good at teaching right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You did, you know, 80% success rate. That's
0: not terrible. <laughs> That's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, in, in Corsac, we call that an A plus, you get a bonus. <laughs> well, what's what's the bottom of your scale? Uh, a minus, you get a bigger, a smaller bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Policeman's unions, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's like, look, I also have to leave because...
1: You know, the big thing that you told me about coming here was the Corellian Jedi tradition and how I needed to, like, come kind of bring that here. But I honestly have no idea what that even means. Mm-hmm. And I need to leave to go find that out and become my own Jedi. And I'm not going to do that here.
0: Yeah, I mean, he you know he leaves the door open. He's like, I might come back at some point, but ultimately, right now, this isn't a fit for me. And also, you we established early on that this wasn't going to be a full course for me. That I was coming down here to learn some stuff before I went off on my way.
1: Yeah, you knew that if I got to a point where I was comfortable enough and could go get Mirax, I was going to leave. So yeah. now that I have a data chip with some info, and I've gotten to a point where I mostly just can't learn more here and also don't want to be around history's greatest murderer. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. And (laughs) at that point, R2 rolls in
0: is like, Beep boop, there's a fucking Star Destroyer up there. Yeah, which to me I was like, oh shit, does that mean that we've gotten to the Admiral Dela part of this of this uh Kevin J. Anderson series? And then I was like Oh no! Wait, no, I remember now. And sure enough, he's like, "Yeah, don't worry about that. Death- that Star Destroyer. It's my ride." Yeah, that's that's here for me. That's here for me. That's my ride. Which means, of course, that it's time to finally meet Booster Tarek, owner of a Star Destroyer, the Errant Venture. Yes, indeed. Next chapter, we get to go up to the Errant Venture. Yes, he still has a Z ninety five. I assume because Mara just got another one. Well, yeah, it's- she flew in on one. Yeah, and so it- she's just like, "I don't keep it." Well, yeah, because uh, Luke was like. Where are
1: you even going to go? The Z-95 that's left has a fucked up Mm hyperdrive. Like, you can fly it, but you can't really go anywhere. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm just flying it up to that Star Destroyer.
0: (laughs) So we open the next chapter with him flying up to that Star Destroyer. And he's like, hey, it's uh, Headhunter079. Let me in. And they're like, "Uh, please state your identification. Tell Booster Tarek that he needs to let me in. Uh, And if he doesn't, I'll blow off all your turbo lasers. (laughs)
1: Look, your shit's all fucked. Nobody is manning these lasers. One of them stopped tracking me halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> Just let him know.
0: I mean, ultimately, the big problem that Booster is operating under is that, yes, it's really cool that he has a Star Destroyer, but he's not, like, a bad guy. He's just, like, a, a, a neutrally smuggler, and you there are only really two ways to op- own and operate a Star Destroyer. Either be connected to a prodigiously enormous military, or be mean enough to steal the shit you need with your Star Destroyer. Yeah, I mean... And he isn't doing either of those.
1: Yeah, he's like, look, it functions, it works, it's got some defense, it's not bristling like mm-hmm. you would normally see, But that's because I've essentially turned this into a smuggler cruise ship.
0: Yes. But they're they're all being assholes to him. He gets assigned to a docking port that's really fucking far from Booster's office, and he's like, God damn it, I still have like a partially broken leg, you asshole. Of course, if Booster knew my leg was broken,
1: he'd have me just park in like a garbage dump and walk even farther. Yes,
0: the thing that we are learning as we make our way into this chapter, I think we may have seen a mention of it here or there in the earliest chapters of the book, is that Booster Tarek, the father of his wife... um, Yes, the father of his wife. Sorry, the father of Cornhorn's wife does not like corn horn no because he's like look dude you're, you're an ex cop you're you're corsac
1: i'm a smuggler your dad put me away i killed your dad we don't really have a lot of good between us yeah it's there's... basically Mirax the only thing stopping us from murdering each other yeah
0: so he gets landed in an, in an uncomfortable spot gets out of the ship uh they don't provide a ladder for him so he has to slide off it because he can't just jump down because he's got a broken leg. Yeah. And right away as soon as he lands he realizes that this is going to go worse than he thought. And a, a, as a uh, Nikto guard shows up, I oh know, a Klatooinian. Yep. Klatooinian guard shows up with, as described in the book, a face like peeling ceramic, which I was like, dude, that's mean. That's just what Klatooinians look like. <laughs> oh, no, wait. He's a weak way. Oh, is you? Okay. The Klatooinian is the cab driver later. That's right. You're right. The weak ways are the ones from Jabba sail barge where they look like brown, but with like peely bits. Yeah. Like, it was like, that's a mean thing to say to a, about a weak way. That's what they all look like. Oh, a weak way. <laughs> this guy's so raci- racist. He constantly brings up huts. <laughs> He just hates Huts, which I get, and weak ways apparently.
1: So, you know, he's like, "Oh, you're fucked now. We're gonna, we're gonna shake you down and fuck you up." And he's like, "Dude, I don't care. just do what whatever. you got. It. Just
0: take me to fucking beer the booster."
1: <laughs> Let me see booster. And the guy's got like a stun baton, mm-hmm. and he, you know, shoves it into the guy or Corin's side and is like, "Let's go, buddy." And he's like, "Hey, man, chill out. Yeah, my dude, chill your shit." And the guy like. Tries to zap him, and he does his one of his few Jedi tricks, which is to shunt the energy. So he just, you know, no sells it and goes, "Huh? They <laughs> think
0: your baton's broken? Batteries must be out." And like he gets another hit, and he like sends it back into the bulkhead of the Star Destroyer, and it causes a nearby Bothans fur to go popping up like Van de Graaff generator style, <laughs> which I got to assume is very funny to see. Yeah, uh, but no one notices, and so eventually the, the he's like, "Hey, dude, I yeah, think that he does the, it a couple times." Yeah, and
1: the guards like. Huh, that's weird. Puts it against the palm of his hand and hits the button again,
0: and then zaps himself, and he was uh, like, Huh, all I, right. I do appreciate that they they switched to the point of view for that. So it was like he raises it to his hand, puts his hand on it, presses the button, and then we switch to a couple of guards who were like dealing as the as the uh weak way was twitching himself around on the floor.
1: Yeah, I fucking uh Corin caught the uh
0: baton before it fell with the guy, and he's like Hey, somebody want this baton? (laughs) Obviously defective, he says, as he hands it off to one of them. And they're like, ugh, whatever. And then, as Horn, you know, is, like, exulting in his being too cool for the room thing, he gets grabbed by lapels and rammed into a wall because boosters come downstairs.
1: Yeah. He's like, you son of a
0: bitch, where's my daughter? (laughs) You piece of shit! And, you know, he's like, you two, take him to my office and toss him in there. And this is another moment for uh, Corrin's Racism Corner, where he... he He gets marched in there, frog marched, one might say. Except it's Star Wars, so you know we've ribbit marched. We met that ribbit that one time. Remember Morath duel, Morath? Yeah. So what if we ribbit march instead of frog march? And I'm like, no, because because ribbits are sentient. Yeah, but what if I marched
1: like a (laughs) ribbit?
0: Why wouldn't you march like a frog? Another thing that we know is canon in Star Wars. Do we? Yes. There's one outside of Jabba's Jabba's palace. It grabs the thing. It's part of the interstitial cut. There's a thing flying around. This thing goes, Brap, and gets it with his tongue and then goes, Brap. fucking sand desert toad. They're a real thing in Star Wars. Also. Oh, yeah, Mo- they're toads, but they're not frogs. Also, Morathduel gets described as frog like and batrachian while they're describing him, which means that they have a frame of reference for what frogs are, so they can call this frog like thing a frog. <laughs> Racist. Uh... Ugh. <laughs> Maybe a minor one. Maybe it's a microaggression, but it's still something. (laughs) Anyway, they drag him to Booster's office. And it turns out that Booster's been living like shit because of his missing daughter.
1: Well, his his office is just absolute trash garbage. He doesn't fucking keep this one. And it's just his office that's on the like loading dock so i'm sure he's got a ton of them
0: probably yeah fair point probably has lots of offices this one mostly has a deactivated protocol droid in it that's being used as a bandolier holder for blaster pa- uh, casings yeah it's basically like a hat rack for blasters yep uh plus a bunch of garbage on the floor and shit And he's like yeah oh, i hate this in here just, just
1: stacked data pads yeah
0: and uh he sits in the dark by himself thinking about what's going to happen for a bit until booster finally comes in and he's like all right you dumb piece of shit How long has Mirak's been missing and what do you know?
1: Yeah. And they have this wonderful back and forth where
0: (laughs) you can tell they have a lot in common, effectively.
1: Oh, yeah. And both of them are just like,
0: you piece of shit. No, you piece of shit. Because They're doing we've we've spent this entire book in fucking Cornhorn's head. And that means him constantly reading everybody. And we have to sit there as he goes, I don't think you really think that. And the reason I don't think you really think that is because if you really thought that, then by now you would have done this. But you didn't do this. You did that, which means you think this and not that. And you're just like, I fucking hate this guy. Just skip through. Just just do the part where you're like, I, I don't know. I deduced it because it's elementary, dear Watson. Let's just move the fuck along. Uh, but don't now, wait, man, now we've got two of them and they're doing it to each other. Yep. It's great. <laughs> but two of us like, ah, I see that. You
1: are doing a certain facial expression, which means that you are concerned about whatever. Ah, yes, but you have forgotten that if you would have not mentioned this, then I wouldn't have done this. So you see, and I'm like, all right, Sherlock and Moriarty, we're jerking each other off and let's get on with
0: it. But what you did not know, Corridor, is that I am left handed. <laughs>
1: Oh, everyone knew that.
0: (laughs) Damn it. So um, Booster's a neat character, though. Owns his own Star Destroyer, king of the smugglers, one robot eye. Yep. Big burly dude with a mustache. Cool character. I I thought it was kind of neat. But he's basically pissed off that that, um, Cornhorn's wife is missing. And he hasn't, doesn't seem to have done anything about it. And Horn is calling him out on it because he's like, okay, well, how come it took you this long to show up here then? She's been missing 10 weeks. Are you telling me you didn't call your daughter just it, it, to find out that she was missing for the last 10 weeks?
1: Yeah. And I know you never sent a message to me or tried to get in contact me, contact with me through like wedge or anything. So you clearly probably already knew that she was gone and were looking into it yourself. Mm -hmm. He's
0: like, eh, well. (laughs) (laughs) But his big deal is whose fault is it that she's missing? So he keeps harping on that. That's Booster's whole deal. He's like, "Uh, are you going to blame this one on the the New Republic? Kraken or the New Republic? And he's like, no, this is my bad. It's my fault that I haven't gone and gotten her yet, but I have my reasons. I have good reasons for why I haven't. And there's even better reasons why I didn't tell your big dumb ass.
1: Because
0: <laughs> if I told you, you'd go herring off to the Nelhuda system and with a fucking Star Destroyer and spook the invids. You would fuck everything up. And, and if I told the New Republic, they would send the New Republic to... Now, Huda, with the New Republic and fuck everything up. So I made a careful personal decision to do this alone because anyone else would fuck it up. So what I need from you is to (laughs) get off my ass. He's like, so you need to do the following two things. And Tarek's like, the fuck did you just, you're going to give me orders? Are you kidding? And he's like, no, no, I'm not because you didn't do shit yet. You clearly knew that something was up, and you didn't do a goddamn thing until you had me and your sights to yell at. (laughs) And
1: that also tells me, you don't have any leads, because if you did, you wouldn't
0: have given a shit about me, and you'd be following them. So you need my lead. Mm -hmm. So Tarek's like, Tarek's whole deal, though, he keeps hammering this home is. Whose fault is this? And Horn keeps going, it's mine, dude. You, I'm not going to blame the New Republic. I'm not going to throw the Jedi under the bus. I'm not even going to blame the invids. I'm an, I'm responsible for this detail because she's my wife and I'm responsible for my wife. And finally, Tarek's like, all right, you son of a bitch. I, I was waiting to see if you'd try and blame someone else and you didn't. So this is a good look for you.
1: Yeah, good on you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, so <laughs> we can be at each other's throat forever and... Neither of us will ever be happy again because it means Mirax will be lost. Yeah, or you can do two things for me. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the other thing to worthy of note is even though this is like uh, Booster's like tertiary office on his fucking mile long ship, uh, it does have a bunch of pictures of Mirax on. He's, got, he's got a little hollow cube that does the rotating picture thing, and as. Horde notes, because he's obsessive about noting details, it's chronologically arranged and... and By theme. and, and themed. So he's like, yeah, no matter how much you say you don't care, you do. You care. Yeah. Which, yes, obviously, duh, that's not a big discovery. Like, everyone knows that Booster Tarek has one soft spot, and her name is Mirax. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, he's like, all right, two things. First, I need as much data as you can get about the NVID crews. Mm-hmm. Like... You're a smuggler guy. You've got a giant fucking network. Just get me some information. Now that we know where mo- probably this went down on Nal Huda,
0: you know, focus in on there. crews going in and out from there, whatever you can find all the Invid stuff. And and he's like, sure, no problem. Uh, uh, Talon card, because he finds out that Mara Jade has been involved in helping find data yeah. on, on Mirax. So he's like, Jade cards old or uh, old uh, heavy. Because he has a friendly rivalry going with the other major smuggler talent, Card. So he's like, sure, I'll get you that detail. Card may b- may think he's the big information broker, but he didn't got shit on me.
1: Yeah, and he's like, all right, other one is I need you to get me into Corellia and then get me out of Corellia. And
0: this is where we find out something that I did not know. at the uh, uh, Apparently, Corellia went over to the Empire and is still with the Empire in its current state. I guess? Or at least when it, when it lost its Imperial c- uh, control the local leaders uh, took over in a very draconian fashion. Yes. Corsac is gone, and old Corsac members and New Republic staff, like like uh, Corrin, are not welcome on Corellia.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he, I mean, he had to flee planet, and he's still basically not welcome back. Yes. So,
0: Plus, everything else we, we hear about when we make our way through the next chapter is that Corellia is ter- basically turned into a police state. Like, it used to be a police state, but it was like a police state the way the United States is a police state. <laughs> and not the police state the way, like, books describe police states. This yeah. is, you know the difference between, like, a corrupt army that everyone pretends is okay and a corrupt army that no one pretends is okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, anyway, he's like, "I are you fuck- kidding? You want me to smuggle you into Corellia and back out? And back out? That's nuts. He's like, well, look. You're going to have to do it. It's going to
1: take a Corellian Jedi in order to save Mirax, and oh, this- if I don't get down there, there won't be any.
0: I love the part, that part, because he's like, well, a Corellian Jedi is going to need to rescue her. He says, holding his lightsaber hilt aloft, and I am one. And it's like, don't fucking He-Man up the room. You're in a storage closet. Uh <laughs> But anyway, we get a whole routine at this point that basically just gives us a rundown of what it's like on Booster Ship, which you can jump right through. He's got three public access levels based on how rich and important you are. Yeah. And if you're in the black level, then it's like, the, it's like worse than Mos Eisley. Yeah, like it's, bo- it's just a bunch of shifty
1: criminals who can't afford anything, all just scraping at the bottom of the barrel of trying to get stuff. Most of them can't even afford to leave the ship. Oh, yeah. They're just spending their time trying to essentially work up enough to get out of here
0: yes now even even as he's like passing through that zone horn's like what is the point of this anyway and eventually he's like oh i guess it's like a sieve for information yeah like eventually some of these people are going to break and they might have some useful details oh yeah he's just like look you're gonna (laughs)
1: you're gonna catch someone down enough on their luck that they end up at this level Mm -hmm. and if they have anything of import the only way they're getting out is by giving it To uh, Booster. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, man, this is just a catch all for being able to get stuff I want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if someone wants to hire a super cheap sleazy guy down here, they can do it.
0: I also like to think that it's in case the ship gets boarded, that he can be like, "Uh, try and route them through the black level. See how many (laughs) see how they deal with three million gang members.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just just have them (laughs) run through here. And uh, I don't know. They'll probably slip and fall on whatever liquid happens to be around yeah. i don't want to think about it
0: now up from that is blue level which is the only level corin is allowed into he's not allowed to the top rich people diamond diamond level, diamond level because hor- because I love that Tarek clearly just doesn't like him, so he doesn't want him to see the good shit, but he's like, I can't let you up there because you're Corsac, and a lot of those people are like high-class criminals, and you cannot ruin the vibe. He's like, dude, even letting you on blue level is bad enough. Yeah. You are harshing the the smuggler vibe. Yeah, given that blue level is basically just like every smuggler spaceport that he's ever been to before.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, this isn't shitty spaceport, this is just the nice general smuggler area. Yeah.
0: You can get some stuff. It's not, you know, it's more Cloud City than, uh, than like Nar Shaddaa. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But so at that level, he gets sent to a tailor who gives him an outfit other than Jedi robes, and he he's so paranoid that he's like, I bet Tarek probably told this guy to short me on collar, so I'm choking while I'm on Corellia. But the little dude is a is a Sullustin and the Solisten's like, How dare you! I'm a serious tailor, and I take my job very seriously. <laughs> I'm so glad we got a new one. Yeah. Although the, the term they use in this book isn't Abba blah blah blub, it's he greebles at him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> greeble, greeble,
0: grieble. Racist. <laughs> at least say a blah blah blah. That's that's perfectly fine. That's,
1: that's so fine. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then he gets. This is the plan for how he's going to get smuggled to Corellia. We'll do it fast. Uh, there's a rich couple on in Diamond Level who fancy themselves smugglers and want to try the piratical life. We got a couple of fucking steed bonnets who who really wanted. <laughs> yes, I just watched Our Flag Means Death. No, that wasn't that would have been. <laughs> yes, I would have still used that reference before that because I do like the Age of Piracy a great deal.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just you know a couple people doing. Like, ooh, we're doing smuggler vacation. Oh, we're naughty. And so he reverse psychologies them into, oh, if you really want to get the smuggler lifestyle, it's not enough to buy smuggled goods. You should smuggle
0: something in. You got to get stuff in there. And so he gives them a couple different things to smuggle in with the basic idea being that hopefully Corin will make it through his chaff. Well, yeah, because he knows these two
1: have no idea how to smuggle anything. Mm-hmm. So when they get down there... The second an inspector shows up, they're like, we will give you $500,000 not to look in our car. Yeah. And he's
0: like, oh, well,
1: fucking now I have
0: to. What the I, shit? I love that. Yeah. Cause Horn's watching it happen. He's like, he's like watching as they fly in and they're like, ah, a, an official large, unusually large bribe. And he's like, the official immediately is like, hey, Hey, Chuck, come take a look at these two. (laughs) Hey, hey, get over here. You got to see this.
1: Since he's the one in charge of doing the cargo, he's basically calling in the people who are in charge of looking over credentials. So they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: go on through. We got to deal with this. This is hilarious. It's great because it works in his favor in so many ways because it does that. But also everyone's like, these guys are rich as fuck. All these officials are corrupt and they want to wet their beaks on the deal. But also they're like so, so amazed that this is happening that they're like, They're like, yeah, we're going to catch these guys because they must be unbelievable master idiot criminals if they're offering us this much as a bribe. Everyone else on their ship doesn't even matter. We're just going to get them.
1: Yeah. They're like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Pass on through. Pass on through. I don't want to be late to the bribe party that is currently happening.
0: (laughs) So Horch just grabs his bag and goes. He's like, yeah, sucks to be those two idiots. (laughs) Uh, And Hail's a taxi cab driven, as we mentioned earlier. By a Clatouinian.
1: Yeah. And then he sees <laughs> the weird gentrification of Corellia in a specific thing. There was a like space pirate trader row, mm-hmm. and it used to be the only semi-seedy place to go get some business done. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd you'd have some less than savory people there, but it was still fairly well lit. It was nice enough. Yeah, it was
0: New York in the 80s. Yeah. And now. There's just a fucking flavor town restaurant here. It's New York in the now. It's Times Square now where there's an M&M museum.
1: Yeah. And he's just like, (laughs) oh, man, you dumb motherfuckers went through, put a nice coat of paint on here, drove everyone else out and thought, good enough. Where instead it's, oh, yes, it's essentially what I got was vegas from the 50s to now where it was oh yeah that's you went to too. vegas and it was kind of seedy but that was kind of the fun part of it yeah you're like oh there's some mafia guys here but you know when i go to the casino it's kind of fun to rub elbows with them and then now we're you're like oh you've cleaned it up so n- much and pushed it all to the edge that if you aren't on the strip you're just like ooh
0: oh no oh no <laughs> yeah yeah but he is like oh, like oh god they gentrified the shit out of this that said do pull over, because I do want some Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. I want to pay $30 for fried shrimp now. Oh,
1: my God. I need a Boba right now. <laughs> what is that, a Boba Gump sh- Shrimp and Tea Company?
0: <laughs> pull over, driver. <laughs> Just everything you'd see on a Times Square or, or uh, I don't know, the part of Monterey that's like that. Just the same thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, he's just going through and he's like, oh, my God, they put in a
0: Wolfgang Pucks. This is
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> Ooh, two Paneras. <laughs> and yeah. there's a Sephora between them.
1: <laughs> uh, But he's like, yeah, if you go like two blocks in any other direction, they have made it a million times worse than what this street used to be.
0: Yeah. So he gets driven to the address of his grandfather's house because he needs to go talk to his still surviving grandfather, Rostec Horn. His father's dead. His grandfather is alive. Yes. Now, Rostec was also a Corset cop, but retired decades ago.
1: Yeah, retired a while ago, and uh, he remembers his grandfather being like, oh, yeah, he had a house over in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The whole deal was he's like, Yep, I just want to retire. I want to fucking make some plants i'm just a gardener now like that's Mm -hmm. all i want to do yep just live a simple life
0: yeah but of course it's a stackpole book and he's a horn so that means he's got to have his his fingers in a bunch of like like a super smart illicit pies
1: well yeah the thing is he gets there and instead of it being like uh here's the block where my grandpa's house is it's here is the block that has now been gated off, and is the single house that is for my grandfather. And it's
0: not my grandpa's house. It's like a three-story squat edifice of a building that has no charm to it and just looks like an office. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And the the uh, the driver's like, yeah, it, it, that's the address you gave me. See, look, and he taps like the his little computer thing, and he's like, and he
1: even pulls the little uh phone like, walkie-talkie thing yeah. off of the wall, and he's like hey what's up and they're like this is the horn residence he's like
0: there you go right, i would like to speak to rostec horn rostec horn does not wish to be disturbed i am an important person he will want to talk I'm to
1: kieran halcyon yeah tell him he knows me from back in the day
0: he was like a grandpa to me yeah Let, tell him exactly that and this random voice is like ah oh, i'll tell him okay fine you can come in and then he gets to go in and sure enough, he lives in a giant, super-guarded, full-of-police-officers building. Yeah.
1: And, you know, by the time he manages to make it through this palatial estate to his grandpa, who he assumes is going to be, like, in just, you know, dirty overalls doing some gardening, he's like, no, he's in the garden, but he's wearing,
0: like, a full fucking black suit. hmm And uh, tr- the grandfather turns around, sees him, and Horn, not wanting to trust anything, Chance uses the force to plant images of baby corn horn doodling around the neighborhood yeah and he's like hello mr horn i think <laughs> you know me so grandpa's like all right everyone else get the fuck out <laughs> everybody fuck off yeah are you sure yeah go make me a light lunch and by light i mean not just less gravy <laughs> fucking corellian food jesus go get me a bubba gump shrimp plate I want you to get me a wedge salad, a wedge salad. That's not a healthy salad. You know what? I don't care. (laughs) You know what? It's fine. It's fucking ranch and bacon bits.
1: Look, just because you took a quarter of a head of lettuce and (laughs) decided to eat that doesn't mean it's healthy when you drown it in ranch and put cheese and bacon on it.
0: You don't even eat the lettuce. I've seen you throw away seven of those wedges. (laughs) Anyway, um... So yeah, it looks like Rostek still has his fingers in the deal a lot more than he was supposed to. Have.
1: Oh yeah, he's like, "Look, I tried to retire." Thing is, because I was a ridiculous investigative cop, I had a ton of information on a ton of corrupt people. So who, a lot of people, when tried- they took power, yeah, were like, "Hey man, I hear you got information on us," and he's like, "Yep," and they're like, <laughs> "We'll burn it or we'll burn you," and he's like, "No." Yeah, they burned. <laughs> his house and his uh, dad's old house down. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, thing is, I'm not an idiot. I didn't just keep it in a drawer in my house. And that's when little bits of
0: information would show up with flowers that were specifically things he had bred. Mm -hmm. His own hybrids. He's an award-winning gardener. Yeah. So he's like, yeah,
1: I would just send little data chips with a, like, Hybrid rose and an incriminating
0: to, detail on it.
1: Yeah, just to some politician and be like, "Hey, dude, maybe fuck off."
0: <laughs> yeah, and he did it to ruin people. He'd be like, "Oh, I'd send uh, the wife of some guy a hollow, a hollow of of his or her senator husband cheating on her." So you know, at that point, they
1: just decided. Uh, well, we'll build you a new house, Mm -hmm. we'll give you so much
0: stuff, and we'll fill it with all the best bugs. (laughs) And security people. Constant security people who don't like you and you don't like them. Except, he's like, (laughs) little do
1: they know, they're all loyal to me, because I'm the reason they are in the system
0: to get picked to be for my protection anyway yeah so obviously this guy's the mastermind of all masterminds and he is still controlling the local government now he just sends notes to people that are like i don't like the thing you're doing oh yeah with a flower attached
1: there's an entire cabal of people who are obsessed with trying to figure out if certain flowers mean certain things Mm -hmm. and if like oh does it mean one thing if he sends a flower that only blooms once, or if he sends a night-blooming flower, oh, we have to figure out his flower code. And he's like, I'm just fucking with people. I'm not even doing anything. I let them figure it out.
0: If I send them a night lily, it's because I want them to get their dick wet to death. (laughs) (laughs) Call back to a very old episode.
1: Very old episode.
0: (laughs) But... But yeah, he's basically just like, all right, well, let me just, you know, tell you the whole fucking story, Grandpa. Uh, I'm looking for my wife, you know, uh, I'm working with Booster Tarek. Uh, And he's like,
1: yeah, and I also assume you're looking for your Jedi heritage, given that you Jedi mind-tricked shit into
0: my brain. Also, there was a deal where your dad left information with me for you in case you ever develop Jedi talents. So I'm assuming you came to collect that. Yeah. And uh, Horn's like, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, really surprised you kept it. And he's like, boy, I've waited 50 years for you to ask me for that. <laughs> and you're not even 50 years old, so get the, through the gravity of your head. Yeah, dude, my very best friend was a
1: Jedi who I needed to save this shit for. My dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Horn's like trying to be flippant about it. He's like, so I guess if I had never shown up to claim it, you would have sent me some flowers, huh? And his grandfather's like, Boy, I would have sent you a shitload of flowers. That's where I've been storing the secret Jedi information.
1: Yeah. Apparently...
0: I Probably mean, it the ends there, codes. but I
1: assume, yeah, some genetic code that you can decrypt, and
0: it's got info. Yes, because that's the yeah, like John says, that's the exact end of the chapter. That's where we're done. But it's got it's got to be genetic code or like holograms that are visible if you fi- sign certain light of the flowers. We'll find out soon enough. We'll find out in the next chapter, and you'll find out in the next episode. That said, I am I am still I'm like, what the fuck is he possibly going to glean here that matters? Did the Corellians have a specific inf- bit of information in their ancient Jedi history about where Mirax Tarek would be kept in the far future? Well You we can find out, as a Corellian Jedi, you should probably know you're not very good at telekinesis. And they'll be like, Oh, hey, well, what do you know? I know now.
1: Oh, <laughs> <Huh>, good. <laughs> yeah. But I know you are a bishop. There is some sort of tradition or something that he's supposed to get from the Corellian Jedi do it
0: next Thanksgiving your wife is still missing what are we doing here yeah
1: but he might learn a cool trick
0: <laughs> I guess if it turns out the Corellian Jedi's whole big trick was that they're really good at finding women in comas then yeah that that's yeah. what you got me there I know I yeah. know it's
1: serious <laughs> Mirax in a coma I, I know, know. <laughs>
0: So anyway, that's where the chapter's end. There it is. Hey, what hey, good times! oh, boogie a bed. <laughs> and as always, if you want to hear yet more Star Wars information, we've got you covered. Go on down to Patreon.com/systemmastery and support us at the two-dollar level. That's, that's $2. right, two dollars usually twice a month. Uh, so about four bucks a month to get so much content. We get a a bonus episode of expounded universe. Every time we release an episode of expounded universe, that's where we go to Wikipedia. We find weird stories from the star Wars canon, all of it. We bring them together. We tell them to each other. We tell them to you. There's so many of those. There's, there's more than a hundred of those waiting for you on the bonus content right now. Plus you get all the system mastery bonus content, which was at the $1 level. Lots of us making characters in the games we just reviewed. What a great deal. John, is it a good deal? It's a great deal, mm-hmm. and you
1: can even go to the $5 level, unlock everything, get the monthly afterthought, you get the TV mastery where we're going through cartoons based on R-rated movies right now, and you also get special access in our Discord mm-hmm. to members-only channels. You get a special color for your name. You get the Ginsu knives. You get the Garfield phone. And if you,
0: if you pledge in the next 30 minutes, you get all of that twice. Two times. Two times. Once, twice, two times a pleasure. Everyone's going to call you old Johnny two times. Uh-huh. So just go on and support us right there at the Patreon that lets us do what we do so that you can enjoy the things that we create. That's right. What a great deal, right? And otherwise, as always, if you don't have any money, guess what? We understand. <laughs> guess what? Fuck you. No, it's fine. We live in a world where no one has any money. It's we true. Get, we get it. So if if that's the situation, just write about us on ni- in nice places. Say nice things
1: about us. Just... In person, go up mm-hmm. to one person on the street, grab them by the lapels and go, my
0: dude, have you tried expounded universe? Write slash fic about us. Not slash, not ficking us, but you know, pick, pick interesting people for the two of us to be with individually, <laughs>
1: individually, individually, never in the same no, story. Don't,
0: don't put us in like a triad or something. That's no, not. Yeah.
1: If I'm in a story, I do not want Jeff. I don't want his name to even appear in the story.
0: Not mentioned? Doesn't even exist in universe. Yeah, no, it's completely... It's an AU where I'm not there, but John is Christian Grey. (laughs) My tastes are unconventional because I won't eat anything spicy. (laughs) My
1: tastes are unconventional. I have the dumbest flavors of Oreos.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thank you so much for your (laughs) your support. Uh... (laughs) and we'll uh, we'll see you in 2 weeks with more star wars weeks. content. We're going to take another week off for John's vacation. That's so, right. Thank- Sorry everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to do what we got to do. Sometimes the two of us need mental health days too. Sometimes some crimes. Mm-hmm. They'll go slipping through those cracks, but uh until then, I've been Elan Leslie's Bagano and I love
1: flowers and the flowers mean love, but only if they're blooming. <laughs>